You're listening to Crypto at the Ferrum Roundtable, made for the people who want to make the most out of their crypto journey with the mission of breaking down barriers to mass adoption of blockchain technology. This podcast is brought to you by the folks at Ferrum Network. All information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information contained in or provided in this podcast is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. Hey everyone, Joe Robinson here with Ferrum on YouTube. Today I'm joined by Nick Odio, our EVP of Partnerships, to talk about Ferrum's bridge technology. As many of you who are watching this would know, a lot of bridges in the crypto industry have been getting exploited and hacked. Millions of dollars have been getting lost. And I was talking to Nick yesterday and he was explaining our bridging technology and the difference between ours and a lot of the technology that's out there being hacked. And it was really interesting hearing the difference because our technology is actually more secure. So I just wanted Nick to break it down for us. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Um, so what what is the difference between our bridging technology and a lot of the bridges that are out there? Yeah. Um, so I think before we kind of dive into like the difference, I think there's it's important to understand the difference between multi-chain and cross-chain. Um, for the longest time, we've been using the term cross-chain when describing any sort of interoperability protocol. Um, but Vitalik and many of the other greats have you know, been quoted to say the future is multi-chain or things of that nature. That was Vitalik's quote specifically. So they, they talk about the future being multi-chain um, rather than cross-chain. So what does that inherently mean? Um, Cross-chain typically implies that there's some sort of wrapping function that the token is able to move across chains, right? But it doesn't necessarily exist on multiple chains. Um, multi-chain is the idea that you're keeping track of the native state of an asset across networks. So the asset that exists on one network is the asset that exists on another. It's not a wrapped version of it. So many token bridges today are using what's called either a mint and burn or a lock and uh, or sorry a burn and mint or a lock and mint style um, mechanism in their in their bridging uh, products <clears throat> when they're minting a new token on the other end on the destination chain that's that's what we call a wrapped token right, right. so it's not really taking the token and wrapping it it's actually taking the token burning it or locking it on that origin chain and minting a token that they call a wrapped version of the token on the other end. But what, what happens when that, when that occurs um, is that one, the, the, the token that was burned on or locked up on the destination on the origin chain is not the same token that's being, that's being minted. If you have any sort of nuances embedded in your token contract on the chain in which you deployed, when you mint a new token on the other end, the bridge doesn't understand all of those different nuances, RFI, dividends, um, reflection mechanisms that may be in, in, embedded into the token contract on the origin chain. It basically just strips that and mints 
a uh, standard open Zeppelin ERC20 token on, on the destination chain. Um, and when I say ERC20, that's the Ethereum version. What I mean is like just a standard open Zeppelin token contract, right? right. Um, which is fairly basic. Um, but this, so not only does that kind of like compromise the integrity of the token itself, but what that's saying is that the bridge actually has operational control over the token contract and the ability to mint new tokens, oh, wow. which is, which is really kind of freaky, right? Because that means that like, if someone gets a hold of, of the bridge, a lot of times there's just a massive honeypot sitting on the, on these bridges, which is what's been the vector for most of these exploits in the past. And you said millions, it's hundreds of millions, right? Each, each time a bridge gets hacked, it's hundreds of millions. Um, the the you know. So essentially, when um, you say, say honeypot, basically all those tokens that are getting wrapped, the tokens that are getting wrapped are getting put into a honeypot that then can become vulnerable and that can be exploited. Is that is that the right understanding? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, a lot of times these tokens are being just locked up on the destination chain, right, or on the origin chain. Sorry. Right. Um, and so those tokens are just sitting in a big honeypot so to speak right, before okay. a new one gets wrapped and released on the destination chain so it's, you're close but it's more so what happens on the origin chain right so like um but yeah i mean people aren't going to be going after a couple million they're, they're only going after a, a, a hundreds of millions is, right. is what what people are used to ex exploiting when it comes to cross-chain hacks um so if that's how so and, that's a pretty good understanding of how those bridges work how does ferrum's bridge work yeah so uh, the Ferrum Bridge never actually has operational control over the token contract. We use two liquidity pools on either end of of the bridge, and really, like, it's hard for me to even call it a bridge because, like, a bridge implies typically when you think of a bridge, you you, you think of a wrapping function. I almost like to think of this as like a, more of like a teleportation device <laughs> um, because what's occurring is the, t the token is being deposited into the origin network liquidity pool, bridge pool is what we call them. And then a series of oracles um, send a, a relay message uh, to the destination chain, which allows for a token to be withdrawn from the um, little bridge pool on the destination chain. So there's really, n there's really no token moving across networks. It's not, it's not actually, being it's bridged. literally, it's like that the oracles sense. are using the data and tracking the fragmented different liquidities and adjusting price and whatnot through that, through that data and then distributing tokens on another chain, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, like price is typically determined just by like the liquidity that's already existing on that network and different AMMs or centralized exchanges or however you want to, whoever's determining the price. But yeah, there is... There is a sort of, um, the, yeah, there, there is a price oracle that, that helps determine how many of each token can be withdrawn on the other end. So what's the um, bottom line? How would you say, what would you say the bottom line of why, you know, because it sounds like to me, Ferrum's bridging approach and the way they go about bridging a token from one chain to another is a lot more secure because there is no honeypot, there's no wrapping function. There's not, and and then there's a number of other things you talked about. What what? How would you just, if you were to bottom line it, what would you say that the reason Ferrum's is more secure? Well, I mean, I would say the, the reason that it's it's more secure is is because the the bridge never has operational control over the token contract. Right. Um, 
but beyond security, there's just so many other benefits to speed, you know, to mint a new token on a destination chain takes time. So a lot of times you're, you're, you're waiting for 30 to 40 minutes. So there's no ability to play arbitrage. When you wrap a token, you're also um, subjected to different um, jurisdictions, regulatory stances on, um, what constitutes a, a taxable event <laughs> wow. right so a wrap a wrap token is a uh, is a, a different token totally, essentially yeah, so yeah, when you're yeah, keeping track of the native think about that. yeah yeah but when you're keeping track of the native state of the asset across networks there's a lot more of an argument for it not being um wow, a, that's a different huge. token that's a right? huge that huge. is a really huge benefit yeah, it is. It is something that people, a lot of people, don't 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 realize um, when they're bridging tokens back and forth for whatever reasons. Um, and and then you know the other one is fragmented liquidity. Um, when when you're when you bridge a token, I've bridged tokens dozens of times <laughs> to obscure tokens to a different network, and wound up with a token on the destination chain, and then tried to go um, sell it, liquidate it, and uh realize there's no liquidity and i look at the token holders of that token contract on the network and i realize i'm like one of like three or four holders on the network who got stuck with this like token uh that there was never any liquidity for because we're one of like a few holders right and 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 then you know you have to kind of like bridge it back and hope that it shows up as the original token on the origin chain i've done the same thing no totally yeah so that that's an issue you know and then and then the fact that you know if you do have any sort of nuances embedded in the contract and you're using one of those types of bridges then the token that's being circulated on the uh, destination chain is likely it, it, not likely it won't have any of of those nuances embedded in the contract it's going to be a very standard stripped down version of of your token that you put so much effort into um, into crafting so it's in projects best interests it's in users best interests it's really um bridging to be blunt about it is the jankiest piece of infrastructure currently in on in the space um we tried to find a, a way to get assets across across networks but didn't really think it all the way through i don't think um and and now there's a lot of projects kind of paying the price for it and it's just a question we got to ask ourselves like how many different exploits are we going to witness before we reinvent the way that assets are moved across networks um and you know i think this is kind of the feature of the way assets are going to be bridged but there's still a trade-off with these there's a barrier with this right meaning projects have to manage their liquidity or manage their supply on each network and sometimes networks gain and lose traction and so being able to manage that comes with some um you know manual processes uh which are being more and more automated by some of the, the things that we're implementing but regardless there there is that trade-off however the solution to that trade-off is mainnet and mainnet will allow for a multi-chain token to be deployed um, rather than someone having to burn tokens on one network and then mint new tokens on a different network to balance or to, to you know, if right. they decide like, I want tokens on BSC, they launch on BSC, but they want tokens on Avalanche too. Well, they're gonna have to go burn some tokens on BSC and mint new ones on Avalanche. When you're able to create a multi-chain token, that won't be a problem and the supply will be able to autom 
automatically balance itself across these networks. So wow. mainnet will solve all of those barriers to entry. Well, that is it's really it's it's bridgeless. It's it's without it's it's, it's oh, without cool. using bridges. Yeah. Doing a video on bridges and it's going to eventually lead us to a bridgeless world, which is pretty cool. I didn't even know that. Um, Nick, thank you for taking us, giving us a really good overview of bridges and the difference between bridges that are currently out there. Ferrum solution to bridging, which I think is huge and, and really valuable. And if you are a project considering bridging, I highly recommend considering using Ferrum for your bridge for, for all the reasons Nick uh, brought up in this video. Nick, thanks for taking the time. Look forward to another one soon. Thanks, Joe. Talk soon, man. Bye. Ferrum Network is a pioneer in ushering in the era of interoperability 2.0. Ferrum Network's mainnet nodes and related infrastructure will bring value, data, and functional interoperability to every chain in the industry. Ferrum also specializes as a multi-chain blockchain as a service DeFi company, adding deflationary mechanisms, token utility, and advisory services to projects across the crypto space. 